0: Welcome to a world of love, friendship, laughter, and everything in between. Get ready for the Couple of Couples podcast, the ultimate podcast about life hosted by Fantastic Foursome. We've got not one, but two couples ready to discuss a wide variety of topics, interests, and current events. Join us as we take you on an often hilarious and rarely heartfelt journey through the ups and downs of life. Regardless of your walk of life, there's something for everyone on this podcast. Meet Daryl, Drip, johnny and drops hi i'm daryl i'm a professional nerd avid gamer and the self-proclaimed potfather. i'm drips also known as Drips, and also not the most articulate <laughs> i'm drops listening to find out if i am being held against my will
1: and i'm johnny i'm willing to do and try
0: most things and i'm willing to say well anything Each episode, these four fabulous friends will tackle topics like forming friendships, weird science, delta gummies, origin stories, ear-biting lorikeets, juicy man boobies, conspiracies, aliens, ghosts, pop culture, TV, music, and more. And the best part? That was only the first nine episodes. Let us take you on a journey through the highs and lows of what it means to be alive with witty banter non-expert advice and hilarious stories that'll have you in stitches if you're looking for the next great podcast then grab your phone
1: tablet or laptop and subscribe to the couple of couples podcast on your favorite platform today it's free and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode don't miss out on the laughs the love the occasional did they really just say that moment
0: and some jaw-dropping surprises you won't want to miss and speaking of love, let's spread it like confetti. Like, follow, and share our podcast on social media. And don't forget to visit our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com to find links to our show on your favorite platform links to our social media accounts contact us or listen to the latest episodes directly from our website join us on this roller coaster ride as we dip dive twist and turn through everything that the
1: universe throws our way and don't forget to check out our merchandise store which can be accessed through our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com featuring custom designs based on our sound bites from your favorite episodes shirts hoodies mugs tote bags and more
0: couple of couples podcast because when it comes to love and laughter four heads are better than one but a dose of laughter love and a little bit of craziness subscribe now and be part of our fantastic podcast family subscribe like follow and share let's make love and laughter go viral
2: hey trash pandas welcome back to hot garbage true crime edition i'm your host nisha and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host buddha
1: badass
2: so we have so much to talk about but before i tell you what happened on my thanksgiving tell me how was your thanksgiving
1: my thanksgiving was you know kind of uneventful we are boring but it was fun to us type of family eat foods play board games we are board game champions we went so hard that actually my niece's girlfriend like went home damn near crying. Did
2: you kick everybody's ass at Monopoly
1: again? Uh, we was not allowed to put a Monopoly. I oh. was, I was <laughs> handcuffed because she already had got stressed out about how serious we took Jenga. Mm. Oh, I mean, my God. we antagonized people. We'd be tapping the table. We'd be <laughs> yeah. smiling, talking about, you cheating. They put your palms. Get your palm off the doggone Jenga boat thing. Get your palm off the square, man. Like <laughs> to Sneak and hold it up with their hand on the bottom part while they pull it out. Oh,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll be doing that.
1: You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we we'll be, be on you. Yeah. we we'll be on you. I'll be, we'll be like... <laughs> we we'll be in there like Albert Einstein, yeah. we we'll would be up there on all around the block. we we'll would be around the cube in the square. Yeah. we we'll be trying to make it sure no one is cheating.
2: Oh, my gosh. We are
1: real. And then we talk smack all the, all the way to, like, nope, that block ain't going to work. Nope. Look like he's going down and dike. This is it, y'all. This is it. He's losing. Oh, my like, gosh. So, I think I
2: would slap somebody. <laughs> right? It was, it was too much.
1: It was too much for her, for the competition, so... She, she had oh to tap my. out we wasn't allowed to play certain games we you know we went to about three or four of the games after that but you know it was she was done
2: poor baby oh my goodness
1: <laughs> i do promote because we usually have it as a family tradition every year we play a game called life as a black man look it up buy it it's fun
2: oh it sounds fun yes yeah, it's I think one of the most
1: interesting that. different games you'll ever play you can get killed in the drive by in that game so be ready, <laughs> so be ready
2: well uh, my uh, so I think I told you remember I told you because we don't really eat turkey so it's more like a chicken and ham thing and so I spent all night prepping the chicken remember how we was talking about that little needle thing that you put in the chicken and you insert the Cajun butter in it remember you yes, did that turkey yes I did it the
1: first time this yeah. year I had never seen that yeah. before something else
2: well I did that to the chicken remember I told you I was going to do the same thing but to the chicken so I had worked so hard on it that night and everything and before I say you know what happened uh-huh. so uh, a lot of people told me hey don't bring the dog you know because my dog well for some he likes you buddha but my dog he's like really crazy like he's really cute and he's very loved but he gets really rambunctious you know he's a chihuahua and poodle mix and so I work so hard on the chicken you know I put it in the oven it's marinated it's smelling so good Uh-oh. and so I'm putting everything in the car you know and so my girlfriend was going to bring some stuff I'm bringing other stuff other people is bringing other stuff so I'm in charge mainly of the chicken and the ham right <laughs> okay. but the ham I was going to make uh, you know at my son's house because people wanted to watch me make it because they had never made one before so the chicken was the only thing I prepped at home so I, I'm going over to my girlfriend's house you know and then we're going to to drive out of town to my son's house where everybody else is Uh and so I did everything in the car and I get to her house and everybody's coming downstairs. Well, my dog is so excited to see everybody that he jumped into the back seat and he, to look out the window, but in the meantime, he used the chicken to oh, stand up in. Damn. And I'm talking about his paws was in the juice, like in the juice pan. I mean you
1: didn't have it in a in a, was was a crock pan or
2: something. No, it wasn't the, the crock pan. Pans. It was like, you know, those big like aluminum pans with the foil and stuff over it. So it was you all, had all foil like foil over. Yeah, the top. Uh, that was the thing. Uh, I had the foil uh, over. So he used the chicken to to as his little step stool but his paws was in the juice and we're like, The chicken is ruined. Oh my gosh. Like I start freaking out, right? So I asked my daughter and I'm like what am I going to do? Because everybody told me not to bring him. I'm going to get screamed at right now. Like seriously screamed at. Like I turned into a little girl. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm asking a 15 year old this. And she's like, I don't know what you're going to do. And I said, you have to <laughs> I was like, so we have to. She was
1: like, shit on you. I was,
2: she was like, oh my gosh. So I'm trying to clean out the car. So I said, somehow, well, we can't just throw the chicken away. Everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to ask what happened. I'm going to get screamed at. And so I said, and I don't know what when we're gonna do. Boston doing.
1: market finally gets back in the
2: <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I'm getting even scared because everybody else is coming downstairs and loading the car up, too. Like getting ready. And so we don't have much time because I'm sitting over here whispering and everybody's like, hey, we need your stuff so we can be loading the car, in and we're trying to make sure everything fits right, you uh-huh. know? And so I was like, okay, so we, should we just bring the chicken and then wait until everybody gets alcohol in their system? Then we'll say, Hey, by the way, don't eat the chicken because something happened with the dog. Okay. Because that'll get me less screamed at, right? Because uh, we're to just tell everybody, uh, Hey, don't eat the chicken. You know, I okay. said, because we can't tell everybody now because they're going to scream at me because they told me not to bring the dog in the first place. And so my daughter was like, why don't we just leave the chicken in the car since we're not taking our car anyway? And then we'll just, when we get there, say, we forgot the chicken. I was like, that's a great idea. Wow. So,
3: we go.
2: This gets real. And yeah. the <laughs> so I was like, okay, we get all our other shit out, you know, get everything in the car. We all situated in the car. And so, so we and
1: did, wait a minute. So, right now, the chicken it has puncture holes with aluminum foil that is leaking out the chicken air. <laughs> Into your car, uh,
2: right? Like I was like, because I, but I couldn't take it out, so I'm I'm sitting over here just cleaning because I always keep a whole bunch of napkins and everything. So I'm like scrubbing. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to get the car detailed. There's no way I'm not gonna get the car detailed after this. But my whole thing was not getting caught and nobody knowing what the hell happened. Right. So we're like, so okay, the,
1: the sacrifices. You're gonna leave this
2: chicken <laughs> right. The chicken's just for abandoned hours in the hours right. In your car and we we're abandoned. gonna be gone for yeah for hours. This is gonna be good. It, yeah. Right. So we get in the car And as soon as we get in the car, my girlfriend says, hey. Hey, by the way, where's the chicken? Because I don't remember putting any chicken away. As
1: soon as you get in the car? As soon as
2: I got in her car, because we were about to take off. She's absurd. Yeah. (laughs) And then everybody's looking at me. And then I was like, oh. And then my my daughter just had this scared look on her face. And I said, okay, like, what had happened was, I said, you guys have to promise you won't get mad. Because that's the secret. Make somebody promise not to get mad before you tell them what's going on. That is
1: not the secret. (laughs) I immediately get mad.
2: You, you if you
1: make me promise, i be like, oh fuck no,
3: oh. son of
1: a bitch! <laughs> like, like immediately, I'm just, oh my God. like, like no, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. No, nope. and I'm oh like, promise you, know, I, I promise a lot. I'm promise. <laughs> I'm not gonna finish what I'm promise, and I'm not gonna finish what I'm promise about neither. So that's what you need to know about Buddha, <laughs> is you need to listen to those words. Like if he didn't say he promised not to be mad then your ass is not oh, in for a trick-or-treat. you're trick just going to
2: say I promise.
1: Like, that's why I said before that I promise a lot. And then I promise. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I didn't actually say I promise anything. Yeah. But, so I said I promise a lot.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: As a statement to you. And so <laughs> anyway, go ahead and say what you say. And then you say it, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm up and down that ass. Yeah. I never promised that I wouldn't be.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, so after that, I said, look, what happened was... He got so excited to see you guys that he jumped on top of the chicken to look out of the window, and his paw. I like how on... you
1: started to try and blame it on everybody else. <laughs> because,
2: yeah, I did. Cause he I didn't got want
1: to... so excited to see you guys.
2: Yeah, because I and then I made sure I said well, you guys walked past the window because you guys were coming down to the mm-hmm. other car, and when you guys walked past the window, he decided he got so excited to see you guys that he jumped on the chicken to look at you guys, and I specifically said that, and now the chicken is ruined because his was in it and his ass was all on the chicken oh god and so cause that's exactly what, what happened his ass on the chicken because cause when, cause when he jumped on the chicken he was trying to stabilize himself so first he put and his so paws on and so he stumbled
1: down and that booty yeah, got in there yeah. like, just, he got
2: marinated yeah so he had his paws and the chicken juice on the pan but then he actually stood on the chicken so it's like his ass was on the chicken it was just he was all over the chicken
1: I know it was easier to take him for a walk that day cause I knew he was smelling as bad like that smells like
2: Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs>
3: No. <laughs> Holy oh
1: my
2: gosh. And so it wasn't as Dog bad as
1: Dog ass fun. on the chicken. Yeah, no. It was
2: horrible. And so I was just like
1: So how did they respond when you well, put it all on I, them? They didn't
2: respond as bad as I thought. I thought I was about to get cussed out, but I could see in their face they was just kind of trying to hold their composure because it was Thanksgiving and at least we had a ham and stuff. But the unfortunate thing was he got yelled at. They was like, You better not fuck up my Thanksgiving dinner ever again. And so he's sitting like in the corner of the car, like shivering and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like, they, he got everything that they probably meant for me, but they was trying to hold it back. That's so, exactly
1: what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Especially because you kind of put it all on them. <laughs> and then talk about how hard you worked and was probably over there putting that cry on too, yeah. shivering like one of them dogs. <laughs> in the eyes of an angel. <laughs> That's how you over here shivering and looking like you in the rain. <laughs> Cause you guys, <laughs> meagle over here, oh, like okay, so they, I would have been over there and cussed the hell out your dog too, like mm hmm. All right, so you worked so, and it wasn't your fault, like motherfucking
3: dogs. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch.
1: This is why you don't sit here and give me none on Wednesdays, like I asked for it. You be like, wait a minute, are you still talking to the dog? <laughs> oh my god, right? Oh
2: my gosh, but I felt so bad, and then on top of that, it was just like you know they was like, we told you not to bring him. It was like, an I told you so. But I was like, I'm not going to leave him at home on Thanksgiving and everybody is out with their family. That's not right. He's part of the family, too.
1: Girl, he's a dog. What? He's a dog. He's meant to guard your house.
2: Well, did you leave Stella at home on Thanksgiving? Hell, the hell yes. Oh, so you didn't take your dog? No, I don't take my
1: animals to go out to eat my food. (laughs) What are you talking about? The whole point is to go and eat food. Is he part of that? What do we do? Go sit him with a whole doggy Thanksgiving treat bag and just walk him out with one? See, this is that stuff. <laughs> what? This is that stuff.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, I guess Whatever
1: it's the leftovers of my leftovers is what they are fortunate to get. Other than that, it is kibbles and bits.
2: Um, and
1: I mix it up with chicken sometimes.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe it's different because you have tuna. a big dog. But I have a, a cute little tiny dog. So. That's even
1: worse. That was running around between people's legs and feet and everybody trying not to step on your dog while they're drinking and eating. Yeah. Nobody want nobody dog around when they eating? Well... When does dog and food ever went together? It well? doesn't
2: go together. That's why I had to throw the damn chicken away. Thank you. Oh, and that is. Dogs
1: talk... and food is never the part of a sentence. Well, I didn't talk Let's about hacky.
2: this part. I had to do the walk of shame because remember I told you I was just going to leave it in the car. Well, that was over because I told everybody what happened and they was like... Go throw the chicken away right now. And I was like, and they was like, where's the chicken now? I said, it's in the car. And I was like, go throw it away. So I'm doing the walk of shame to like the dumpster and everybody's just staring at me.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the, that's the sad part. Lunch. They had to tell you to go throw it away. You was going to still have the so evidence. Scared. By that point, <laughs> I was like, just went have got the dog on chicken myself. Like, you know what? Y'all right. Cause that was going to, they saved your car. That's what they, they did. did. They
2: I was so nervous and just, oh my gosh. Cause I felt like I fucked up Thanksgiving chicken that day.
1: You did. Oh my You God. didn't have to feel like it. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Single-handedly doing everything you wasn't supposed to do.
2: Oh my gosh! And that was right after I had to fix my tire and everything. So Thanksgiving it, it ended really good with family and friends, but it started off really eventful
1: you the type of person that don't even put your dog in a kennel, do you? You don't, you, you have him in the car just hopping on everybody's lap as they jump Oh, around. yeah.
2: I, I don't put him in the kennel. Yeah. He's in the car.
1: It's because he's people. And do you have ever seen any other people jump in people's laps and lick on their face?
2: <laughs> no, but he, like, so he's, you know, I did have to, you know, teach him because when I first got him, we had a, issue where like he would jump all over the place like on the freeway that was bad and he hit the gear shift one time and so after that I felt like I was gonna die and I was like no you're gonna stay in one person's lap so I, we're working on that but he was a puppy when that happened so he's been better with
1: the that. dog has almost killed you well <laughs> doing this uh, running around the car jazz yeah. and you still don't put his ass away
2: well because but he got better because now I'm like okay you could be like on this person's lap and once in a while he'll go he back got and better. Forth. he's
1: putting his ass on chicken now <laughs> That's what's happening. He's way better. I'm, I'm understanding now.
2: Well, I'm gonna, you know, I want to apologize to everybody who told me not to bring him, and I brought him anyway. Yeah,
1: every, and the coldest part is, that it was everybody. It was everybody. It
2: was everybody. Everybody told me not, not to even bring your him. Your daughter
1: supported you on this. No, one. actually, she like, abandoned ship as soon as she was like, I know, what, I don't know what you're gonna do.
2: Yeah, yeah, she did. I mean, because everybody told me not to bring him, except for her. She just, <laughs> she didn't say anything about not bringing him. But when that happened, she was just like. I don't know what you're gonna do. So I was like, I, I was in it by myself. She
1: still lived in the house with you. That's why she didn't say anything of not bringing him. she yeah. was Like, I mean, it's whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? It's your life. It's just a, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> like, because uh, she was wise and wanted to sleep at night, <laughs> and I had to pay rent yet. So, <laughs>
2: well, speaking of Thanksgiving, so we want to give a shout out, don't we, to a bakery.
1: Yes, we do. We just
2: had a really good bundt cake, did we not? Oh, no, the
1: bundt cake was badass. I forgot the name of the bakery. Was it? Was, a, was a, It's called.
2: I want to give a shout out: cupcakes and happiness. Oh
1: yes, because it was happiness. Yes. No, yes. that now, it was. That wasn't the cupcake, but it was happiness.
2: Mm-hmm. It was a, so, we had a peach cobbler-infused butt cake, and Buddha said that his wife is probably not even going to get some out of the piece that I gave him. I mean, it <laughs> looked
1: like it was enough for two people, is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Don't just like, put it on me like I'm, like, just tearing down the snack. Oh, because it was life. so good. But it is delicious, and it wasn't big slices. Like, well, I felt like he gave me two Safeway samples.
2: What? Really? I thought I, because you know what? Okay, I have a funny thing to tell you about that, too. So, the butt cake was actually supposed to be for Thanksgiving, you know? And it it actually came the day after because post office, post office, thing, you know what I mean? And I was like, damn, the cake didn't come. And I'm happy that it didn't come because I think that was the Lord's way of saying, you know what? You need this cake to yourself.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: is that what it is? Yeah. He works in mysterious, in mysterious
2: ways. ways because it was so good. Like the butter and the cinnamon. Oh my
1: the, God. Just it, for you. Didn't it just taste just like peach or though? I mean, that it I, man, it has the seasoning is. Beautifully and it's warm. Yeah, the seasoning is warm yeah. and delicious. So I, I, I didn't know that you could cobbler it. You can cake a cobbler.
2: I didn't know that either. So you guys make sure for all of your cake tastes. And she does cupcakes too. Cupcakes, cakes, cookies. Go to Cupcakes and Happiness. It's on Instagram. So Cupcakes and it's spelled out and Happiness and by Paul by Paula. She's so good. Will
1: you eat rays of sunshine?
2: Yes, I actually sang praises and last night.
3: Rainbows,
2: but rain- I like that. Oh it my gosh, beautiful. it's so good! And she can ship your cake from anywhere too. She's a, her bakery's in Chicago, and she can literally ship the cake okay. From anywhere.
1: Okay, you know you're a real cook when you're in chi Town. Yeah, I don't know, it's, that's those are one of those towns where you'd be like, oh, I don't know, they they cooking out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know like what she does, but that cake tastes like heaven. It is so moist. Remember when we talked about the Delphine? When we was talking about the Delphine episode, we was talking yes, about uh, where moist cake came from. Yes. <laughs> and I hope
1: that's that what she uses, her secret ingredients.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we love your pastries and we're gonna get more. So, speaking of reviews, we have another review, don't we?
1: Yes we do. Yes we do. And this one is from I'm Tina Bina. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of a fun name right there.
3: That's cute. Title is
1: Still Laughing, five stars. Nisha and Buddha are so funny, I can listen all day. Good research and commentary, too. Give them a listen. They are amazing. Keep up the good work with two hearts
2: boom boom oh thank you so much and welcome to the hot garbage family
1: girl we love you become a trash panda apparently
2: yes thank you i'm tina bina that was so awesome that just made me want to cry did that it did because it was so amazing like we're loved but it doesn't it make you feel good to be loved
1: i do love to be loved yeah definitely i'm you know I'm, i'm powered up on that
2: yeah it's a. Didn't Michael Jackson sing a song about that? Something about the world's a better place because of love or something like that.
1: He, he said, "Heal the world." Oh, that's what it, a it was. Place. That's what it was. Yeah, it was like him, Stevie Wonder. It was like nineteen old ass people in this. this,
2: this, <laughs> this, this. <laughs> I think like
1: everybody from the Wiz was in there.
2: Yeah. Well, so speaking of love, we have another love because today we're doing a listener request. Isn't it great? And oh, so, oh. yeah, so I wanted to start off reading this because actually this listener, she has been so wonderful on Instagram and on Facebook. She's very um, always, you know, involved in our discussions. She asks wonderful questions, you know, about, you know, whatever we're discussing and she's very, very involved but it didn't start off that way like she started off not liking our podcast at all
1: she's the one that i love no, she's the one that yeah. you told me about before that started off hating us yeah and said that she kept listening to us hoping that we would burn in hell and get fired and then ended up liking yeah
2: us. it wasn't the Fantastic. one from the bad review but it was this this other one okay yeah, yeah no the one from the bad review she's, she's no
1: but it was somebody that said they started off loving yeah. us hating us but then they ended up loving us
2: yeah i think i told you about her yes yeah and we're finally to our listener request yeah i think because i was like i'm not gonna read this interaction till we get to her listener request because it makes it also more fun.
3: Okay, so yeah, okay.
2: This is great. So this is from Jennifer and I want to thank you so much, Jennifer, for hanging in there with us and just for supporting us because you're just so wonderful. And
1: right? going to those other shows and realize they just boring.
2: Yeah. It's okay <laughs> to say that.
1: I didn't tell you to say that though.
2: Yeah. So this is um uh, so this is what she um had wrote me. She said, Good afternoon. I tried to get into your podcast, but it's hard to stay engaged. It's a lot of talking and over talking each other. Also, there's too much joking about the victims. I love supporting my people, so I will give it a few more episodes to see if things change. Now this happened on uh, September thirteenth. I remember. Yeah. The good
1: days, good times.
2: But then two days later, everything changed. And September 15th, she said, good afternoon. I started with Lululemon. I have to admit, I kept listening and now you guys are growing on me. The one thing that has set you apart from other podcasts is I'm hearing stories I either haven't heard before or haven't heard about in as much detail, such as John Benet. I never knew some of the details you guys shared in Tookie. All the crime podcasts I listen to, and no one has ever done one on Tookie. Glad I didn't throw in the towel too soon. Thank you for the invite to listen to your podcast. Isn't that
1: wonderful? <laughs> oh, hearts.
2: Yeah. Hearts. If I could
1: send it out to you, girl, give me your email because I would just send you hearts for the next week. Yeah. boop. Just keep tapping it to you, girl.
2: See, and that's a whole thing. Like, we do play around on hot garbage. But at the same time, we do get our work done. And we are factual. Right. I mean,
1: I, you, you're hard to take seriously. That's what it is.
2: What? I'm hard to take seriously.
1: I mean, you're just always in here playing around. What
2: the? You know what? You get on my nerves. But thank you so much, Jennifer. And this is why we're doing her listener request today.
1: Girl, this is how you're getting up in the charts.
2: Yes. Yeah, so she actually not only listens to our podcast, <laughs> she sent in something. And I'm so happy and honored to be doing this request. Quest today. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about Louise Hastings. And this one is a very interesting case because I had never heard of it before. And I was like, dude, this case is just so weird. Okay. Like, so this Louise. is what. Yeah, Louise Hastings. I, don't I always know felt like
1: Louise is the guy who's fucking somebody's wife.
2: <laughs> it seems like there's it's, always like a Louise like, that's doing that, right? Right.
1: I mean, and it all depends on how you say it. Like, Louis, nah, but Louise. Like, oh okay, girl, get his ass away. Like, no, tell him to move for real. He's always walking around and like doing his yard with no shirt on and shit and speedos. Oh my it, god. It's that odd it's that odd combination where you're like, Who wants that? Then all the ladies are like, Oh my god, he's I so just want right up. there's always that jazzy fucking uh, Latino guitar playing in the background.
2: But a boom da boom Oh yeah. You know It reminds me of that what was that, that skunk, Peppy Pew. kinda like that kind of thing. Oh god. You remember no, Peppy LeBue how he was all Italia sexy Banderas. and stuff? But he loved that cat. Remember that?
1: Yes. I mean, I remember yeah. that cat running for dear life all the time. But <laughs> I remember he was chasing the, but
2: the he, pussy. But he was like a little suave guy. He was chasing
1: guy. the pussy. Like, he thought he was suave.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I never saw anybody else. The girl's thinking that.
2: Oh, yeah. I was
1: thinking Antonio Bandettas.
2: Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, like he whew. Like he was one of those where you don't really understand it. It's complicated, but you look over at your girl. He's one of those when you look at the movie theater, you're like, I mean, I see how he's cool, but I don't get it. And you look over at your girl and she's over there mesmerized. Yeah. You can see twinkles <laughs> in her eyes on like on like she's on an anime show, just, Oh, no chicotine
2: <laughs>
1: Happy as hell looking at Antonio, like, bitch, you're going into tongues right now for this man.
2: Oh my gosh, what the hell? So, Louise Hastings was born in Leawood, Kansas, and he was born January 1st, 1944. So, his father was said to have been a very difficult person, and he actually returned home at the end of World War II, but there he disapproved of his infant son, and he abused him psychologically. Oh, Lord. So, later, the dad actually left the family, and so he left Louise with his mother, you know, as a single mother. Now, according to his mother and his sister, because he had a, a sibling as well, Hastings growing up was a shy child and as a youth, he unfortunately had to get treated for chronic depression because of everything his dad had put him through. So he grew up though to be a loving and caring and gentle adult and he loved animals. He actually considered himself an environmentalist. And this was actually good. He actually volunteered to clean birds off after the oil spill. I forgot about that. Do you remember when that big oil spill happened? And they actually had people volunteering on the California coast to like clean the birds off because the oil got on the birds. I mean, it's happened yeah. multiple times. Yeah, he was at that one. Like wow. Yeah, I couldn't even believe that. Like I would clean birds off. I never got to do that before. Would Man, you?
1: I'd go talk to Louise. I ain't gonna lie, you over here cleaning birds off and had that name going on. Yeah, that, that is just sexy
2: yeah and the fact that he cared about the environment that's awesome because i
1: do i do care about the environment a lot mm. i believe you know we need to take care of the planet because the planet loves the yeah planet.
2: i remember you really like i love the environment but you really love the environment because remember when we were at one of my events and i was like we didn't know where to put all the fucking balloons and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna let them all go And he was like no you're not gonna let those balloons go <laughs> i'm confused
3: girl
1: i was like i
2: don't want to fall like
1: car. other people's balloons yeah like, uh-uh, we're not putting that into the environment it could destroy things and get caught places and even even end up in the ocean
2: yeah come
1: on man
2: uh and i try to be like better about that i just didn't know what the problems damn balloons I remember they were so annoying but
1: we got to take care of us and mother earth man because we all we got
2: yeah absolutely Now, after he graduated high school, Louis actually ended up serving in the Air Force, where he later became a computer programmer. And then he began to work in this uh, profession at Stanford University. Now, all this happened at around 1975. His colleagues that he worked with described him as a very introverted person. So he didn't talk much and he was always worried about his own like personal safety and stuff at work. So he was one of those people that like always followed what it, you know, what it was said in the, you know, what is it called? The job safety training that every job has. Oh, he was okay. the people that actually followed the instructions. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he was one of those people.
1: Sounds like when you was by the book niche over there, girls. Yeah, everybody really liked you at the time. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Yeah,
2: I am by You know, I am by the book like that. <laughs> I'm
1: having a hard day. Oh no! Sorry, I'm having a hard day with the throat today. Oh, oh pray for Buddha, everybody. Oh, I'm about to turn my diet around or something.
2: Oh my goodness! Well. So like yeah, I'm, I said I hate corporate America now. But when I'm in corporate America, I'm very by the book. Like
1: you hate corporate America, but when you yeah yeah this sentence? yeah I, I almost wanted to repeat it all the way back. Yeah, when you are there, you are that person.
2: I'm that person that's just like straightforward, follows the rules, I tries mean, to keep my job, although I get fired anyway.
1: You will write up <laughs> other people to sit here and sacrifice your own thing. I, you are something else. Oh I my god! Like oh my god! I'm a
2: bitch. Like I remember you said that if they ever put you on my team, we wouldn't even their friends right yeah, now
1: yeah if you would if you ever ever was my supervisor i swear to god i you get you would see a whole different side of it
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is not that we wouldn't be friends in a whole sense of i wouldn't be nice to you or at least attempt to apologize to you afterwards all the stuff that i'd have said to you over the course of our job history together you would not want to be my friend
2: oh my gosh now they also stated that he had a high opinion of his work, but his programming skills was only mediocre. I want to apologize because I think you can hear my bracelets. Can you hear my bracelets? Yes. I forgot and brought them. You I'm gonna take jingling. my bracelets off real quick. Should I take them off? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna take my bracelets off. So just one second, everybody. Oh my gosh, this brings me back to our first episode. I had my bracelets on. Remember? Yeah, it? you. Just, I keep you forgetting can't, to wear can't my. my Trying to
1: look fly. Yeah. For the, the Camera.
2: And then you can hear. So I apologize if you guys heard jingling. I apologize. That was like a rookie mistake that we had made the first episode. Right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so now back to what I was saying. <laughs> In 1979, Hastings actually married. This is
1: a rough episode. I'm coughing. You're bur- you're tingling. It's it's just rough.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I kinda remember I'm the leaflet. like a
1: wild coughing fit. Where I just feel my throat is itchy today.
2: Oh, I hope you feel better, Buddha. We, yes, we apologize, everybody, for this episode. <laughs> right. I
1: apologize every, like, 10 four, minutes I'm, like, freaking coughing You guys' ears. I'm trying to hold it down.
2: So in 1979, June 1979, Hastings married Madeline D. Stovall, and she was a librarian, and during their honeymoon at the Kennecott, I hope I'm saying it right, the Kennecott Lodge near McCarthy, they both decided to quit their jobs in California, and that's when they moved to Alaska the following spring. So in 1980, they moved to a duplex in Anchorage from where Hastings operated a computer service company. But without much success, like, you know, he couldn't get his business off the ground but he yeah Yeah. but he became very disturbed by the economic development and the population growth that you know it brought that he became increasingly opposed to the trans alaska pipeline and so basically there was a trans alaska pipeline that had started to be built there and he was very against it because he was like it's going to bring like too many people in and it's going to increase the population and that's not going to be good for the environment so he was very against all the oil the stuff that was going on there
1: okay well you know that was the transportation of oil that mm-hmm. did, then the mass then the mass quantity amount is what i understood it was mm-hmm. that's what we're referring to yeah okay
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so according to so later on after everything that's going to happen a psychiatrist is going to say that he considered himself to be the savior of alaskan wilderness so to escape, which is kind of cool yeah Like he, like he was saying, he was like, you know, like he, you know, he cared about the environment, but we're going to see, he's going to take this love and care for the environment way too far. So we're going to see what's going to happen.
1: I mean, we'll be the jazz of what's way too far. Don't you tell me.
2: Okay. Okay. So to escape the influence, you know, of the civilization, because remember, a lot of people started coming into Alaska. What him and his wife did was they purchased an unoccupied house on the property. It was like by a Kennecott copper mine. And this was about this was in the town of McCarthy. It was like five miles from the town of McCarthy. Now, McCarthy was an old mining community. So, that's where they used to mine, like, silver, gold, copper. That's where everything was there. So, it was very deserted, and it was very much in the wilderness and in the mountains. Now, the nearest large town was 100 miles away. So, that'll give you, like, an example. Yeah. So, in the 1980s, McCarthy was not accessible by road during the winter. And so, basically... Him and his wife spent most of the summer of 1982 repairing their house and getting ready to live there. Now, this town had no running water, no phones, and no electricity. Besides, they had to have a privately owned generator to have their electricity. So it was very much like back in the 1800s, like an old West frontier town. Yeah, it was like one of those.
1: The lack of water is what's terrified me. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, that's something you need to guarantee for yourself.
2: Yeah. And well, this was a town from Roger said is they had to be resourceful on everything. So they had to go get their own water. They had to go hunt (coughs) their own food. You know, they had to go fish. So it was like one of those kinds.
1: Yeah. I mean, go out and get my own food. Okay. Making my materials. Okay. But life-saving water. Yeah, Right. Not knowing where water is going to come from. You only have three days with that, man. Mm -hmm. And you're dead.
2: Yeah. And they didn't even have plumbing, like, so they had to use, like, outhouses. That's how this, it was real.
1: Okay, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. That's the only thing is I do not accept the smell of poo.
2: Oh, my God. It, It was all bad. Now, McCarthy only had two airstrips for travel. And they only had, instead of a general store, there was an older couple and we'll get into them later. That what would happen is they would have to radio in whatever supplies you needed. And they, their house was like the hub. So you go pick up your, 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 supplies from their house. And a helicopter show up to drop you off supplies. Well, the plane, a plane would come in and they only come once a week, once a week. And the it what, plane would it come
1: drop it out in a parachute. Well, no, there what, was this air st- a rescue <laughs> site. What is this? Y'all in the middle of a freaking
2: war zone? <laughs> you just got so mad just because
1: I'm like that is too far now now you're too far from society yeah
2: they was literally far from society when
1: somebody's dropping stuff off in a plane in a parachute in a package, <laughs> and that's how we get mail I'd be like alright bro we need to bring it in we're in the Congo I've seen this and gorillas gonna kill us all
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what i'm trying to tell
1: you it's
2: funny that you said that because we're gonna get to a part where okay i don't even want to kill it but yeah, yeah
1: stop narrator animals, just tell right? me what's going on
2: <laughs> okay so there was only 22 residents in this whole town Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even called, I mean, it couldn't even really be called a town. That's not a town. It was just 22 people. It's 22
1: people camped out over there. Yeah. That's what that is.
2: And so, and your neighbors, kind of wasn't your neighbor. Like your neighbors, would, your closest neighbor would be miles away. Like sometimes you, it would be even a 50 mile radius of you. So like literally if you were there, you were there by yourself.
1: That's what developed those people that just shoot anybody that to come towards them. they like, <laughs> why are you even coming here? 50 miles from nowhere.
2: So, are you wondering how to even get into the town in the first place? Girl, no.
1: <laughs> I have not. Well, I'm about It sounds like you, you got to jump out of a freaking window of a, a plane and parachute in. That's what it sounds like.
2: <laughs> so, basically what you have to do is you first you have you have to leave your car, right? Like you have to leave your car into and then there's like a little rickety hand car that's made out of wood, and you have to get across the river in the hand car. That's how like I'm you act. No <laughs> you have to leave your car. There's no way to drive into the town. You have to leave your car. You have to get onto the look little, 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 little rickety little I At least somebody's lane. rental out
1: there. But <laughs> not my car.
2: <laughs> so and like I said, the rickety hand car is built of wooden planks. So now you're in the town, you know, you're good. And so basically, here's a little bit. <laughs> you, let's just look devastating. <laughs> oh, this
3: <laughs> sounds
1: like murder waiting to happen. This sounds, if anyone dies, I am not shocked. Of course, someone went like butt crazy and all they needed was a hand axe. They took their time. It was walking you down like Jason. They was not worried about it because who's going to hear you scream? Right. They, so bruh, if they killed all 26 of y'all, I am not <laughs> shocked and tapped
2: you up. Hell <laughs> like no. what? Oh my God. And so, this, so basically, here's a little bit of a history. So this town actually used to have a thousand people, but what happened was there was a lot of gold and copper that was found. And so when people found the gold and copper like years ago, they left the town. It's like they like kind of got wealthy and just left and they didn't come back. So that's why it went down to like 22 people. Mm. and that's some hilarious stuff i don't know would you leave after you found the gold? everyone cover?
1: leaves all the rappers leave when they get gold <laughs> or or platinum you could put that on their album they leave the hood
2: yeah is this the hood though this is just like a little
1: wherever you get it from they got it from while they was in there but they don't stay there
2: yeah that's true they
1: got the gold and the platinum i was there but mm-hmm. you don't stay where you get it from
2: yeah that's true
1: And let me tell you something. They saved all of their lives. There was a thousand people that are still living versus Mm -hmm. these 26 that I guarantee are dead by the end of this story.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You must have heard this story before.
1: I've never heard of it, but this is just a setup for death on a stick. Like this is like serving it on a fast food restaurant bun right here. This is where horror movies come from. I thought this was the beginning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like this is the beginning of horror movies and death films.
2: Oh my gosh. So, Louis started going through a very hard time. By early 1983, his computer business had really begun to fail. He had marital problems. So, instead of the wife staying with him at this little cabin, she ended up going back to Anchorage and staying at their home in an Anchorage. Most of the time, he was staying what here. What
1: computer business are you doing out there? What electricity do you got?
2: Well, from what I heard, said, this was like, they, they would live here, but they their hub was like at an Anchorage. So, I think he was like working in Anchorage or something like that. You know, because he would still go to the house in Anchorage until he had his marriage. Relations. I mean, the rent
1: must have been zero.
2: I don't know. How much was it would to you live trans-
1: there? Why would you do all of that to go home every night?
2: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I wonder how, you know, I wonder how much it was to live there.
1: Zero. Because that's the only way. If you yeah. paid me. I'd still probably be like, "Nah, this today ain't gonna happen."
2: Yeah, I'm
1: not even gonna lie to you. If you paid me to go out there, I was not, not paying you. You be like, "This is what we have for Negroes to stay out in the woods." I don't care whatever reason you came up with, but that sounds like <laughs> the most logical one to me that they would come up with <laughs> in the government and <laughs> said, "You pay me eight hundred dollars a month to live out there," and I still wouldn't.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't. For me, I, I need electricity. I need running water. I need. I think I'm spoiled to that kind of stuff. I think I am, and
1: I'm too scared. I need, I need irrigation system. At the yeah. very least, mm-hmm. I need to flush a toilet yeah. or have that stuff go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I don't know. And then I'm, I'm not
1: about to sit this beside me for the next hours
2: yeah. and days
1: until it becomes a big shit-sickle.
3: That's not what we're about to do. <laughs>
2: yeah right and then you're sitting here you can't even i don't know like what can you do i mean i guess they just for their fun they go hunting and fishing but when you come back in, you can't even netflix and chill you can't do nothing
1: right and that's <laughs> why i'm saying it's also built for a killer because for your fun you go out and kill things
2: yeah it, yeah damn so so basically his closest neighbor to him was 29 year old christopher richards Now, Christopher will later say that, you know, he didn't like him that much because he always thought Louis was weird, but he was like, well, he was stuck with him as a neighbor, you know, but he was like, Louis always had a bad feeling about him because he, I mean, Christopher always had a bad feeling about Louis because he was like, he was like a loner. He, he never said anything to anybody because we will see that there is one day a, a week that everybody gets together but however I'm glad
1: times, you explained that because I'm like girl there's 26 people and y'all he's he's the loner <laughs> I'm like huh I'll be looking at him kind of smiling like oh wow yeah he's yeah. so weird out there by himself
2: right and you're by yourself too because yeah the pot calling the kettle black right. over here and I'm wondering because this Christopher Richards he was only 29 years old like that's so young to just be A in the ship right there's 26
1: people out there
2: that's crazy so he, so Christopher Richards and another resident would always kind of talk about Louis and be like, oh, he's weird. Like, they just thought he was a really strange man, right? So. What's the
1: date game when there's 26 people in your town? I
2: don't know. I, well, you'll see some of them are already married. Most of them are already married. Oh. You
1: have to come out there with somebody. Well, yeah,
2: because there's nobody to date. There's, Most of yeah. them are already, yeah. there's def- Well, that makes sense because there's t- 22 people. And then like what happens
1: there. with your children? That's what I think people like that don't think about.
2: Oh, Yeah. Well, if there's 22 people in the town and they all have kids, I guess they grow up together. And they all it's date, and 22. Date each other. That means
1: there's only 12 couples, girl. Well, yes.
2: yeah, but their kids all grow up and may, and they. So. so how
1: long before they date any cousins? Then
2: no, but they're not related though. So you could date your neighbor's son,
1: right? But then when your grandkids have kids and you've uh, already dated your neighbors and your neighbor already dated their neighbor,
2: oh, so eventually it does turn into cousins and yes, yeah, eventually somebody is going to be a cousin, right? I think No, oh, yeah. unless you just keep dating the neighbors, because
1: I mean, okay. and what if the other people only don't have, all have boys?
2: Oh, oh, and there won't be enough. There was enough neighbor
1: that another neighbor that had two girls. Eventually, it's gonna be cousins. That's what oh, I'm saying. Like, right. You it seem like everybody just boy girl boy girl, and they're doing like five or six of them jazzy things. Yeah, or a dozen of them. you ain't even got food to feed yourselves that much unless you hunting down deer by the loads. Yeah, now hurting the environment, which you say you don't want to do.
2: I didn't even think about that because. Yeah, because what if if somebody only has like seven boys and there's only like two girls in the whole town? What if
1: somebody don't have seven kids at all like that? What if they only have one because
2: they sit in here and have birth problems and all that? Oh, shit. Oh, what if they only have one?
1: And they only have one kid and it's a boy. What are they going to do? What you about to do with your three boys? (laughs) Five
2: boys. I don't know. The population is going to be over. Somebody's going to have to have a girl somewhere, right?
1: And what? All the boys get to get a taste? (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm saying don't y'all don't be thinking about like okay like how is this gonna work and then that's gonna definitely need to eat breeding cause that's all the brothers was getting all that all those was cousins coming out of that oh
2: no damn that is crazy so it's like you're gonna raise your daughter and say hey you gotta save the population out here so Basically, you, gotta pop out everybody. you
1: gotta you gotta be Eve you gotta start popping out everybody's kids <laughs> like if somebody needs it you gotta give them a little something <laughs> keep us going <laughs> keep the town alive <laughs> yeah run.
2: That is wild. You've been thinking about shit. I didn't even think about it while I was researching this story. I didn't think about how the hell they're mating.
1: It just popped in my mind. Like, hey, what is the dating? Where are we going? Who? Okay, once you have... For you, it's fine. For you, this immediate situation. But your kids... And this is why you see people that be saying they live off the grid. Their kids don't never want to be. Because what do you do out there? With each other?
2: That's all you do? Oh, Yeah. And now I'm wondering, what about school? How the fuck are they going to school? Your parents
1: educating you about chopping this wood and shooting some deer. That's all they tell, That's all they want you to know. So
2: they don't know how to read. Most of them probably grow up to can't even read. Right, for what? Does that help you chop an axe? Oh, Help my you make God. firewood? Oh, that's terrible. They know how to eat and shoot. That's terrible. That's a not a good life. And then pop out babies. And you get- pop
1: out, because you better do about a dozen, too, for whoever wants it. Whoever's hot to trot get up in here
2: but where do you go to the doctor to even get your you know your? Maturing? you don't
1: you get some deer dung and you, you know you rub it around in the right spots and you make sure that you know it keeps them from infection i guess
2: oh that's crazy mm, mm, mm. so the night before what <clears throat> i'm going to talk about louise goes to christopher richard's house and they play a board game right and so there, Christopher actually said some of the people was away. They went on a ski trip. And so Luis, he was, like, super disappointed about this. And we'll see why. So we have some of the people in the town gone on a ski trip. i <laughs> you know, oh, sorry, the way you're looking at me. Because
1: it's just that small where he know, like, he mad at you for going skiing. Like, you son of a, this is a weirdo.
2: Now, Hastings actually started to elaborate an attack plan because he wanted to, to attack this pipeline. And remember, I said he was very against this pipeline because he felt like it was going to destroy the community eventually. So a year earlier, he had bought guns. He had bought 2,000 rounds of ammunition. And he had built a silencer that he had covered in beaver fur. So that way, <laughs> I was like, dude, I, he built his own silencer. So, and so I mean, the,
1: it's like penitentiary none of the different time.
2: Right. So the pistol he was going to use, he put the beaver fur over it. And he prepared for the murders he was going to do by <laughs> shooting a rabbit because he wanted to make sure that, you know, he was precise and that his silencer worked. He also compiled a list of 200 of Alaska's political and civil leaders. He included the phone numbers, home addresses for the members of the Anchorage Police Department's crisis Intervention Response Team. So, this, so now he's all playing. So, now the night before, he goes <coughs> and plays a board game. Now, we're, we come to the next day, which is Tuesday, March 1st,
1: 1983. He's going on a spree. Yeah,
2: right he's not that. playing around. <clears throat>
1: now t- I mean, 2,000 bullets mm-hmm. and 200 people. Each person gets 10.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Tuesday, every Tuesday is mail day, and this is what we, we talk about, is this is really the only time that everybody in the town sees je- sees each other, because they go to the hub, and they go pick up their mail.
1: They go in the middle place, and we'll this plane, walk around, they all just stand there, just, yeah, here it is, here it's coming, well, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, because exactly what happens is they actually all go to the airstrip and wait for the mail plane to come in. Mm-hmm. So, while they wait for the plane to come in, that's literally the only time that they start socializing. They catch up on whatever's going on in the town, whatever's going on with people. That's when they actually gossip. And that's why everybody thinks Luis is weird because every Tuesday when mail plane comes, he stays to himself. He don't talk to nobody. So, he's, like, really standoffish from them.
1: <laughs> Funny thing is, is they... All those traits fit my wife perfectly. Oh, like, yeah. She's super quiet. She's, she's super quiet and yeah. stays to herself and really not, not Easy to engage with people on um, mm-hmm. getting to know them early, mm-hmm. she'd be a killer in their mind. Yeah, trust me, my family thought she was for a long time.
2: Yeah, she's and, so and cute they, and quiet. Yeah,
1: I'm telling you, my, my stepdad, she's like, She's gonna snap and kill you one day. Like, she's always just quiet, staring over there. Just yeah, and, stuff.
2: and they always say the quiet ones are the killers, the right? There's ones, like,
1: Because yeah. I'm so wild, crazy, and I say crazy ass mm-hmm. stuff all the time. It was like, Bro, I'm telling you. And if my family was no longer even gonna be shot, they was like, hey, We just understand because you seem to want to stay there. We all warned you, yeah, but. When you end up dead, don't come calling us.
2: Oh no! But she's so sweet. I don't think she could ever kill you. She couldn't I kill don't a fly. Know,
1: still to this
2: day. Oh, she's such a sweetheart. Girl. I don't know if you come up dead she's, though. She
1: prides herself on being softball I know. You and her will get away with the best crime ever. However. You and her are both paranoid about having somebody else knowing about it. So I'd, it'd be just a matter of time for y'all serpent each other.
2: I know, both right? We got to in
1: the poison on the same day. That's what it is. I matter. think that's
2: what would happen. It'd be like a Romeo and Juliet situation. We would just both poison each other.
1: How'd you go Romeo and Juliet? You'd be in love too, huh? Without the knew
3: love. No I,
1: knew <laughs> no. I can't without take it back the now. Love. It'd be Romeo and Juliet. Like we kiss each other in the mouth and die. Like, oh, wait a minute. You know wait a minute now. I didn't say none of that
2: you got on want to hers I and mean, romeo didn't even poison
1: her himself she poisoned herself
2: she poisoned herself and then he woke up thought she was dead he poisoned himself and then she wasn't dead so then she woke up saw him and then she poisoned herself from real and then they died together
1: girl that's what you picked up with that's my real
2: love but i what that's not what i was talking about but you i mean like as far as, just as the poisoning that. part but I would never fall in love with your wife, Buddha. Mm -hmm. You think I'd be over here plotting on you?
1: It seems like it now. No. (laughs) It seems like it's already the forbidden love, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah.
2: And you'll be dead, too. I forgot about that This is a happy day
1: all of a sudden. (laughs) Like, I don't know why, but you have a smile on your face.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll tell her not to kill my podcast host because who am I doing this podcast with if you're not here?
1: Well, hopefully that will save my life. Yeah. You guys can keep your entanglement as long as I live.
2: (laughs) So, and so basically like i said there was a couple named Les and flo heglin that was the older couple that i talked about they were the hub of everything they would keep people's groceries supplies and you would also on mail day you would go to their house as well and pick up your supplies Mm. so they also were the only people that had a radio powerful enough to reach the outside world so if you need anything like you would go to them and they would radio whoever right
1: you can't even call the cops
2: no you can't you have that they have radio that the radio the one
1: group the, this one family can call them for you
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that's why i would not because
2: no, what is something how you got to run to their house what she was black
1: and he was out there they are <laughs> calling the radio for you because <laughs> they show anyone in the know
2: oh my gosh you're right because none of these in the wilderness, wilderness? Nope, I mean,
1: In the middle <laughs> of the night, like, your black ass coming up there and say, I, Hey, I need help. I'm out here. And they to be like, Yeah, Negro, keep your ass walking.
2: <laughs> you better hope that it's, you're somebody like me, like, that, that just don't open the door. Like, I'll call 911, but I'm not opening my door
1: yeah that's what I'm even <laughs> somebody like you still ain't gonna open it it'll take uh-huh. a while for them to even get the radio going right. like oh i'm gonna call the cops all right yeah. i'm calling the cops
2: like, <laughs> that's what you'd say like what are you doing you know in this neighborhood right
1: what are you doing in that neighborhood is the truest of this whole question
2: right because what this is crazy so Chris Richards actually saw Luis outside of his cabin that morning and he invited him for a cup of coffee because he's like, well, do you want to come in, get some coffee and then we'll just go over there and get our mail together. So he goes, Louis goes into Chris's cabin for a cup of coffee. And so when Chris went into the cabin or into the cabinet to get a cup down, all of a sudden out of nowhere, Louis just shot him. <clears throat> yeah, so... He, you know, so and Chris, because spoiler alert, Chris does live through this, and he he described it. He said he feels like he just shot him out of nowhere, and he said you
1: can't be the storyteller giving spoiler alert. Well, a, well, you no, ca-
2: because you,
1: you got to tell it the right way or not tell it. Uh, that just say I'm about to fuck up everything I'm talking about.
2: Well, no, the reason I have to say this is because I have to describe in that moment kind of what was going on when he got shot.
1: Yeah, describe this it in the but don't tell me he
2: lived. But this is coming from his words. Well, I shouldn't know he... that until later. Okay. Oh, this is... But I'm saying this is coming from his words. So it's like, you know what I mean? I can't really say it's coming from his words if he had died. Does that make sense? That. You
1: got to work on that. Oh, my God. Your, your spoilers <laughs> are the story.
2: Okay, you know what? Okay. Just so yeah. that I can enjoy the story, okay? Uh-huh. So anyways, he said that When he turned to reach for a cup of coffee, he felt something hit his cheek and then he felt something hit the top of his head. So when he turned around, he saw Luis was approaching him and he started screaming at him to stop, you know? And Luis responded to him. He said, you're already dead. And if you just stop fighting, I'll make it easy for you. So at this point, Chris grabbed the knife and he stabbed Luis. He didn't pay attention to like where he stabbed him at. But he ran outside. Now, keep in mind, it's snowing really bad. Like, we're in the wilderness. So, he ran outside. He didn't have no shoes or barely any proper clothes on. So, he's, like, running through the snow and his bare feet. Mm, mm, mm. And this is all bad. Like, this is literally something out of a horror movie right now.
1: The girl. Called it.
2: Yeah. So, he ran all the way to a neighbor's abandoned cabin. And this is one of the people that had went on the ski trip. So, wasn't there. And so while he's running, Lewis is still shooting after him and a bullet actually nicked him in the shoulder while he was running too. So when he got to the neighbor's abandoned cabin and he took some boots, a parka and some Mm snowshoes. So then he went to the cabin of Tim and Amy Nash. They were a couple and he told them like what had happened that Lewis had just started shooting him for no reason. He was just grabbing a cup of coffee and all of a sudden he just started shooting him. So Tim and Amy, they armed themselves and they took Chris to the airstrip and the snowmobile. Because by the way, you have to, if you travel, you have to either go by sled or snowmobile. <laughs> that's of course. What t- yeah. So now this guy named Gary when Green. You go to the
1: hospital, you need a helicopter or a plane.
2: Yeah. So that's so why. I don't have a heart attack. Oh my God. <laughs> i sorry, that's my favorite. What, what would happen if somebody had a heart attack and you got to get on the snowmobile, then get to the. You so died. you're just going to die. I didn't even think about stuff like that because emergencies happen. You have heart attacks, you have strokes, you have... Like,
1: And who have you ever heard have a heart attack and drive a snowmobile?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking your wife or husband You better have hope to... she
1: ain't out for the week or whatever the hell she's at. And y'all right. not going to do something
2: oh my gosh if
1: you have a heart attack or a stroke you yeah. die because
2: it's just like what i just talked about with lewis his wife is in anchorage because they're going through something so right if, so if he had a heart attack before all this stuff happened he would be dead you
1: can't even pull out a light socket that got a little water dripping on it if you start getting electrocuted or something <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> ain't nobody pulling you off that socket
2: oh no i didn't even think about that what do these people do
1: get killed by people like this that's what they do
2: mm-hmm so Tim and Amy actually took him to, like I said, the airstrip and Gary Green, he was working on his plane. He was a pilot. I mean, how do you plane. even get
1: the cops in there to take him but out of there when they can't get cars to get the cops there?
2: Well, it's, so basically... we gotta
1: wheel them over one by one in the wagon just wheeling over one cop and wheeling over the next <laughs> I over there waiting for backup for 20 minutes <laughs> and pointing the gun out in the wilderness like just a, still copy, it's still over here, ringing down. <laughs> waiting for the guy still coming over. Got it, Copy.
2: They got to take the rickety handrail. They got
1: to take the rickety-ass handrail <laughs> one man at a time. Leaving a <laughs> car back there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it take a whole three hours for five cops to show up.
2: That's crazy. <laughs>
1: like, come <uh-oh>. on. <laughs>
2: who? I don't understand who wants to live like that.
1: They better each be RoboCop. Because I mean, like, God, each one of y'all, now I got to hunt him down. You done gave him a head start. Because he ain't <laughs> just there staring off the bridge watching y'all.
2: Right. And now I'm thinking too, like, so if somebody does have a heart attack and die, how long does it take to even find your body for nobody to know that something's wrong in your dead?
1: Days, girl. It maybe even just, months.
2: Maybe it'd be it's like, pre- Oh, he
1: because the the up.
2: Yeah. And then because of the mail day, maybe they'd be like, Oh, we didn't show that's up when they for know, mail day. Yeah. On Tuesday. Yeah. No,
1: nope. They don't even be the first mail day because you know they he was over there being weird, so they don't even know. It'd take like two, three mail days. <laughs> Like two, three weeks. They'd be like, Philbert has not shown up in over a month. <laughs> Man, somebody should go check that out, y'all. Damn. He there clutching the doorknob at his chest. <laughs> dead like a mofo.
2: <laughs> oh my God. And so when they approached Gary Green, you know, Gary said that he would go ahead and fly Chris to the next town over to get medical attention and to report it to the police. So he had to, so he, you had to go to the next town over to even report it because that's where the you police You had to is. fly to
1: put, report it to police. <laughs> You have to live to make it. See, he, 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 that's the double part of the crowd. Like nigga, should just start killing everybody. Uh-huh. If you get, he's. I've been waiting at the airport with all two thousand of them oh, rounds.
2: Yeah.
1: And as soon as you anybody walked toward that plane, pet it, pet it, pet it, <laughs> i pepper it up <laughs> like right. spices on steak. <laughs> like y'all about to get this? Ain't nobody getting on that plane. <laughs> that was a stupid. I part shot of the part. I shot the pilot. He just there in his illusion. It's, that's just a body sitting there with a hat on. <laughs> And I'm at the entrance, though, uh, like like a like a, a flight attendant. Like, you want some peanuts? Better <laughs> the <laughs> Just keep tapping your shit up. I'm about to fill this plane. <laughs>
2: uh, so every time you kill somebody, you just throw them on the plane. And you
1: think I'll be like, oh, there's a whole lot of
2: people waiting on the plane. Like,
1: there, there is. It's your final flight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Honestly, that was flying good.
1: to heaven. <laughs>
2: That is the stupidest part of the crowd. Because why did he wait? Why did he chill the man getting a cup of coffee first?
1: Like, why did yeah, he do it like, like that? Like, no, bro. I d I'd start with him. But then uh, when he ran <laughs> off, I just went straight to the airport. <laughs> I wouldn't have even chased him. I'd have, I know where you going. I know where you got. You got to get out of here. I'll, I'll be there.
2: Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, I can't take it. So, Gary then saw Luis heading to the Heglin's house. So, Haglin, remember, that was the couple that's the hub that holds everything, the elderly couple. So, in the distance, the flight, the pilot saw him going over to the Heglin's house. And so, Tim decided to stay back and check on the Heglin's. Mm. So, so basically, <clears throat> The plane started taking off and then Tim ran down the dr- the runway and he went to the Haglins house and he saw blood everywhere at the Haglins house, right? Mm. So he then saw Luis on the back porch. What? Yeah, he was he he was on the back He's porch. He's still there. Yeah, at the Heglins. He had went to the Haglins house next. Because mm, he knew mm, that was mm, the mm. hub where everybody had to come get their shit from.
1: Mm-hmm. And the radio.
2: <laughs> so when he saw, so when he saw Luis he tried to shoot him, but he missed. So Luis shot back and hit him in the leg. At this point, so so he decided to stay and warn others while Gary took Chris to the hospital. So they also Gary radioed the mail plane and told the mail plane not, not to land, right? Because they was like, this is all bad, like mm-hmm. something's going on. Well,
1: Come down here; it's
2: a war zone. Yeah, and then he actually radioed the police as well. So what Luis did at this point, he barricaded himself into the Haglins cabin. And so he killed both of them. He had killed the couple. And he also killed this lady named Maxine Edwards, who was just walking to go get her mail. Mm, mm, So mm. Maxine lived with her husband, Jim. And so I didn't
1: know that this was actually gonna come true.
3: (laughs)
2: so Maxine actually had a sled so what she did was she had went sledding down to this this uh, couple named Rick and Bonnie's house B- Rick and Bonnie hit him so Rick was like you know he was gonna go get the mail and Maxine was like well do you want me to just get your mail too since I'm getting you know mine you know and so he was like, Yeah, <clears throat> so she's sledding by the house to go get the mail. And it's not funny, but I'm just picturing she's sledding mm-hmm. by the house, right?
1: On a bobsled, isn't what you're thinking? Of your yeah, mind? she's Last like, she's, she's not like, Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing regular sleds but it's, a, it's an efficient way to travel
2: yeah the little sleds but it's just because i'm picturing this this is like a mass shooting but it's all in the snow and everybody this is what's
1: crazy is the cops have already been informed but it's taking this goddamn long <laughs> and he's gonna kill everybody <laughs> yeah. in town before y'all even show up oh
2: my gosh right
1: this is the point of what i was trying to say why the hell would you do this to yourself
2: this is wild
1: unless you uh, unless you Arnold Schwarzenegger you know what I'm saying? The actual Terminator one, not mm-hmm. not the seventy five the year old great looking body bodybuilder of now. Oh
2: yeah.
1: But I'm talking about the 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 actual Terminator. You don't really have a guarantee that somebody once you start shooting, there's no guarantee that you win that fight.
2: Mm-mm, not at all. Not at all. So now he's killed. He's killed Maxine. He's killed the Haglins. And what he did was he threw all their bodies into the bedroom. So he just piled their bodies up. And then he went to the airstrip because he stole, after he killed Maxine, he actually stole her sled. And he, he, I can't keep myself together because after he stole the sled, he sledded on down to the airstrip.
1: Yeah, you did.
2: (laughs) Sorry, what?
1: Bumping Christmas curls. All the weather outside is brightening. (laughs) And the world is so delightful. And if there's no place to go, let us know, let us know, let us know. He was just <laughs> frozen. He knew that he had hours, maybe even days,
2: <laughs>
1: For anybody showed up. Why rush?
2: Why <laughs> rush this? <laughs> what? So he gets to the airstrip, and then what he did was he crawled on top of a mound of snow and he started firing at the Nashes, right? And so they're both wounded. So then he walks up to them. He just shot them again and he fired them in their head. So they're dead now. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: He dragged their bodies. He hid them behind some trees. And so now there's another couple, Carly King and Donna Byron. They came to pick up their mail and one of them was on a snow sled. The other one was on a snowmobile. Donna saw, this is the part I was telling you about. So Donna saw like hella blood when she got to the airstrip and she didn't think nothing of it she just thought somebody was butchering up animals so she was like this is how much y'all
1: be out there killing (coughs) killing is on a normal where you see blood at the airstrip and you're like (laughs) well dinner (laughs) somebody got something good I'm gonna drive by somebody else
2: what the I was (coughs) like is this the craziest funniest case we've? because I don't know this was coming Mm-mm.
1: This is exactly why I don't move to places like that. Right. This reason right here. I've never heard of this happening, but I knew it was happening.
2: It's, yeah.
1: I knew it happened somewhere.
2: Now, Luis actually fired a shot, and he hit Donna in the arm, and Harley actually tried to speed away, but he crashed the snowmobile into a bank where he injured his leg. <clears throat> so it was literally out of a scary movie, because Donna tried to put him back on the snowmobile, but Luis saw... But, Harley saw Louise coming, and he was like, you need to just run and save yourself, you know? So she just started, took off running into the snow where she heard two gunshots in Mm, back of her because he mm. just walked up and shot Harley in the head.
1: Yeah, he did.
2: So basically, Donna hid inside of a greenhouse, and Louise actually started looking for her, and he just started screaming, one is not dead, one is not dead. He just, like, went crazy and started screaming. But when he couldn't find her, he just gave up and he used the snowmobile to leave. Now, around 11 a.m., that's when <clears throat> that's when Christopher and Gary arrived in Glen Allen, which is the next town over. So they're finally, you know, at the hospital. They finally got Chris to the hospital. They and... even
1: made it to the cops yet.
2: Yeah, no, not at all. But the state troopers finally was informed and everything and they go back to McCarthy. Finally, police is getting here. Finally. And they're looking everywhere for him and they found him wounded on the snowmobile still holding a gun. So the police has finally found him and he still had hundreds of rounds of ammo left. Now, Luis told the troopers that the reason he had a gun is because he was trying to protect himself from whoever was shooting everybody. And he said that he was actually trying to leave the area so he could go warn everybody else. And then he gave a false name. He said his name was Christopher Richard. So Christopher was the first guy that got shot. <clears throat> but that didn't work because the police already had his description and they knew that Chris was in the hospital already. So finally... Silly. Yeah, that's the stupidest part of the crime. You say your
1: name is the guy that got away?
2: Yeah, the guy that's at the hospital right now. Why would you use his name? That's the stupidest part of the crime.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. The stupidest part is why you're still there. Right. Hours later, you on a snowmobile, were waiting by the rickety rickshaw? Right. But they come over on the wood thing? Like, how... Cause, how they find you that easily?
2: Right, because what... So, I mean, because what were you waiting for? But they said he was injured, too. Because remember, like, a bullet had, like, hit him, you know, but he was, like, injured. So, I don't know why he was just sitting there. I don't know. But it just seemed like a very non-eventful catching. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they even
1: had to go on a search. Right. it was, just, they, they was <laughs> They started walking through the middle of the town and he's on like the main <laughs> road, sitting in the door, looking <laughs> on his mother like, oh, hey, right, my name's Christopher, I got a gun oh, I
2: mean, my and I've thing- been shot. And there's so much woods, wouldn't you just want to hide somewhere, anywhere <laughs> That's in That's what I'm saying, like, like in the woods
1: you, right. and you supposedly adapted and live out there, I thought you would go out there and live like the wild man and, and the freaking, they'd have to call Tommy Lee Jones to come find your ass or right. like that.
2: You know what? That's what I thought, too. I wonder what's going on with that.
1: You're supposed to have a big-ass fur coat made of a bear and a hat and a huge beard and some moccasins. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be able to live off the water of the snow and the, the meat of a bee.
2: Yeah. Cause so what the hell are you still doing there? I don't know what's going on with that because that was weird to me, too.
1: That man's supposed to make a house out of an acorn. Like yeah. he's supposed to go out there and live. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was odd how that ended.
2: <laughs> how they just caught his ass. And then he confessed, you know, afterwards. After they was like, by the way, Chris is in the hospital. So there's, like, no way that you're him. He was like, yeah, okay. And
1: All just right. I killed everybody. Right. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> that sounds very unstable. Yeah. And number two that I feel about an unstableness is you because if, if, you kept saying and insinuating he's doing the stuff in the environment so i wouldn't have came to the conclusion earlier if you would have said those things spoiler alerter mm-hmm. but these people are not environmental hurting they're the same 26 people living off the grid with you
2: mm-hmm.
1: that don't even got running water so are you helping the environment by killing them
2: right that's i mean because he had a list of people that this probably should have went towards, but I'm like, was you starting with them and then you're gonna go to that? Was that his thought process? Well, we'll they, find out they, what his were they thought his process. Practice is. people, that's what it is. Well, we're gonna find out what his thought process was. and It is wild.
1: Okay, let's go ahead.
2: <laughs> so he, I was taken into custody, charged with six counts of first degree murder and two attempted murders, and he uh, he was ordered to undergo a psychiatric exam. And so the assistant DA actually asked the judge, you know. To look at, you know, this whole list of supplies, because like I said, he had a list of supplies. He had a list of weapons and to make sure that his handwriting matched, because this was this list was going to prove that this was premeditated. It was first degree murder, because remember, I said he already had a list planned out. So the writing did match. So this list was providing into evidence as far as, you know, what he was planning this whole time. And also, the list was found also in his home in Anchorage that he had planned a shooting spree as well. And some items on the list was also found in the duffel bag that he had with him when he was arrested. So he had this silencer, he had a mini rifle, he had ammo, clothes, flashlight, flares. So he was indicted. You know, There was kind of like no way for him to get out of this. Now his defense attorney did try to come back with well, he was in the wilderness, so this is stuff that people are gonna have anyway. Like, you can't use this against him. So, technically, that might have worked, except for the list that he had and him planning this whole thing out, right?
1: You need two thousand rounds in the wilderness,
2: right? <laughs> How many animals do you think there is, right? At
1: least two thousand. <laughs>
2: because
1: everything in their head,
2: <laughs> like what? So, so he was also carrying three letters to be mailed out. One was to his wife. Now the town was so small that everybody that was living, you know, that that survived, they just sat around and talked about the murders. This was something that they never stopped talking about. Like every mail day, that's all they talked about was the murders. And so finally, I who was left for me. <laughs> yeah, well, there was some people that was away on the ski trip. That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like there's five people away on the ski trip. There was, and something. who
2: else? There was people away for all this trip. Um, remember, Donna lived. Donna lived, and who else lived? Chris lived because he went to the hospital. Oh, yeah. So it's probably like seven people left. Man. <laughs> what kind of now? Now we really have a problem with who's going to property? Over half the town. Yeah, he killed over half the town. <laughs> oh no, this is just terrible. Mm,
1: mm, mm. Like it was a problem before. Now it's really you've got seven people. That's an odd number.
2: That is an odd number. So somebody
1: dying single.
2: Damn. On December 20... On December... If
1: you're talking about a Christian household, unless they're going to believe in polyamorous and polygamy.
2: Damn. That's... I don't know. I can't even stay in the town after that. Like, because I would be always scared that something is going to happen.
1: The funny thing is, is you go by statistics and numbers... And Christ, uh, you go by the modern rules of what Christian is, and people talking about, you know, even staying together and stuff. If you even bump by America, I did the calculations of how women are already overpopulated by men. Mm-hmm. If you just did one man to one woman and just stayed the good Christian way, it'd be like, I think it's like 30 million women are going to die single.
2: Mm.
1: It's like a whole city of women.
2: Oh, like the sense. population
1: of Los Angeles
2: mm-hmm. will die. Oh, yeah. Huh. If you
1: just go by the Bible's way.
2: Wow. Well, That's
1: I will right. say, I wouldn't even say that, that was a, cause the Bible did not actually say that you need one woman. I've read the Bible. I've come from a, a, a long church a mm-hmm. history. It mm-hmm. does not say that unless you're trying to be a deacon. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it never says that you need one woman. You need to actually be married to one person. Mm-hmm. So, but if you go by, you know, like commercial Christianity is what mm-hmm. I call it because it's commercialized now. It's yeah. like sold to you mm-hmm. and telling you to go do some Santa Claus stuff, but you never see anybody named Santa or even saint anything in the damn Bible, mm. but Santa Claus somehow is getting gifts when on Jesus' time, There's, they're selling this to you, that if you listen to them, this population would diminish, and you probably, whoever you are, a female, would be dead. Mm. Then you die, whoever you are, simultaneously, because women would have a higher competition of it, it would have a higher uh stress on whatever you have to be financially because the guys who will have the higher financial backing will have the higher potential of getting the primer women
2: mhm, mhm, yeah. That's true. And that's not even a cool like everybody
1: that's incarcerated or, you know. Right. And then, as, then you talk, then, no, that's what I'm saying. And this is not even telling me to go into the whole thing of minorities and incarcerations and the numbers there, but then it would give the, the superiority to then the white man that would be the person who's procreating in the world. Oh. Which seems like this is all kind of just set up for a system for you to kind of end your own civilization and help the white man or whoever it is who's in power to keep going. Hmm. Kind of like it's sold to you as to be the belief, but you know that's just what I'm saying is that when you get to the numbers that small, mm. it starts making sense. When on like, oh, this doesn't seem like that system would work.
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't really think about it till you hear about it like this. Like when you're like, how how is that gonna
1: work? Right, like one woman, one man, and then it's an odd number. Like yeah. how does that work? That person's just gonna die and then alone. You talk or- about there's only 26 couples, and you know like. And yeah. that's how the world started with we believe of Adam and Eve. Like how did this work? Mhm. If somebody was just with one person.
2: I don't know. Man, listeners, if you have an answer to that question, I would—I well, really want people to, like, write in and tell me because I want to know. Oh, I have <laughs> a theory,
1: but that's not, this, this is not my place. We're not getting that that, that deep on this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's a
2: whole other podcast. Huh? Girl. OMG.
1: That is for Christians to come in and hate us all.
2: No, yeah. The
1: coolest part is I am Christian, born and raised. In mm-hmm. and in I feel like, you know, that's the religion I understood the most. Yeah. Before I started, you know, trying to understand other ones.
2: Well, on December 5th, 1983, Louis actually pleaded no contest. And the DA DA said that, the defense attorney said that he became depressed due to the trans-Alaska oil pipeline. And he was, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, he was an environmentalist and he was upset over the pipeline and what big oil was doing to Alaska. And it came out in court that he had actually cleaned up the Haglins' cabin after he killed them. And it was thought that he didn't want pe- to—he didn't want too many people to like look and see that there was hella blood there, because he didn't want them to be scared away. So he wanted to kill as many people as possible. So that was used against him too. Because remember when I said he had piled all the bodies up in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and then he had actually cleaned all the blood up and stuff like that, because he knew that people was going to be coming to their house. Their house was the hub, mm-hmm. so that's why he was sitting there like waiting for them. So that was used against him in court as well. Like this was planned out. His whole plan was to kill as many people as possible. Now, his sister went to his court date and actually blamed their dad for how he turned out because mm. he psychologically abused him and he left the family. And all he always belittled th- them, you know, and especially Louise. And it made Louise just have a poor self-image of himself. Now, according to Luis's own testimony, his plan was the extermination of the residents of McCarthy and to wipe out all possible witnesses. So this was his whole plan. This was his whole plan. He wanted to kill the mail plane pilot. Yeah, he wanted to kill the mail plane pilot. He wanted to <clears throat> then take the aircraft and he wanted to use the aircraft to dump the bodies on the glaciers of the mountains. And then he was going to land on the highway and he was going to rig the plane to take off by itself. Afterwards, he was going to incapacitate the pipeline, hijack a fuel truck and commit suicide by crashing into a pipeline pump station. So he was hoping that this massive fire would disrupt the oil flow for years and that his incinerated body would prevent his family from knowing that he was the one that started this whole attack in the first place.
1: So two things with that. Yes. Asking (coughs) one: Mm -hmm. if you wanted to get the plane, why you didn't start with the pilot?
2: Right. You started with the people. That part I don't. Yeah. Right. Because you started with Chris. Right. That was already outside of your own plan.
1: So that part was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And number two, how was you gonna be the first man that I've ever heard of Mm. get a plane to take off by itself?
2: I don't know. That part was weird, too. He said he was going to rig it, so maybe it's like hotwire the car. But rig what?
1: Like, the, girl, hotwire a car, I, you get it to start.
3: How do
2: you I, get it
1: to drive on its own?
2: I, I don't know. It's not like, oh, shit, I don't know. How I've how seen people get
1: stuff to drive into a river, but that's like 15, 20 feet where you put a brick on the pedal and then like a stick on the dog. Yeah. wheel. Yeah. And it don't stay straight for long.
2: Right. <laughs> I wonder, did he, I don't know, did he know something we don't know? Because I don't know how the fuck So how
1: here. was you going to perform aviation?
2: I don't know.
1: On, on what, a, a a bra and some rubber bands and a brick? Like, how are you about to make this thing fly?
2: On your own. On its own. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's and
1: the third part, uh, <laughs> which is still confusing even after your explanation, like, then why kill everybody?
2: Right. Because that's my whole thing. It's like, because killing them wouldn't have had nothing to do with the pipeline. Right. Or oil. Like, you should have started with the, the pilot.
1: Yeah. And if anybody saw you kill them, shoot them, put them on the plane too. Because yeah. apparently you're going to
2: have to fly out by itself. Yeah. So nobody's going to find the bodies anyway. <laughs> This plan was never going to work. I say this plan was the stupidest part of the crime.
1: Bruh, like, if he would have been asking that plan to me, these are the things I've been saying. Like, bruh, come on now. I'm down to help you in some shooting, and killing and blowing up pipelines. But this plane stuff, I still don't get.
2: <laughs> I don't get Damn. That's like, why weird. we
1: not shooting the pilot first again?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It did see- seem like a lot of the stuff he did was very counterproductive you
1: started reprim- yeah And then you get caught sitting in the street. It doesn't seem like you ever actually wanted to do any of this.
2: Right. And then you just talk about you was gonna kill yourself. Like, you're not gonna, you don't seem like the person that would have the heart to kill yourself. After right. All this no.
1: Because you, uh, when he would have did that, is when he was sitting in the streets and on a dirt bike injured. Oh, yeah. You know I mean, on a snow bike injured. And he had a and gun right the, there. Once the cops came, when you even, because they don't have sirens.
2: Yeah. You know? don't and don't... you're
1: seeing them coming off one at a time across the bridge. <laughs> at that point, if you were suicide killer guy, or even was going to get the plane, you could have even walked over there and see if they had a spare broken one over there. You had time.
2: Oh, yeah. To
1: drive off, go someplace. None of that. You You would have did that.
2: Mm-hmm. But you didn't. He didn't. It just seemed like his plan seemed like just kill everybody in the town and that was it. I don't see how this did
1: anything. It sounds like a person that got kind of bullied.
2: Yeah. Felt like
1: it got kind of picked on. hmm. And still wish he was one of the cool kids.
2: Yeah.
1: So you wanted to be embraced by the town but you didn't really know how to interact with them. Yeah. And you just started shooting their asses up because they wouldn't you know, become your friends. But you um, didn't want to leave the town either because you still love that town.
2: Yeah. That's how, yeah he was like the unpopular kid that just That's went what crazy. It sounds crazy like. because
1: you'd be surprised and it's funny you'd be surprised how many unpopular kids really even though they talk all the crap about the popular kids mm-hmm. want to be one of the popular kids
2: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know it's a it's a feeling of wanting to fit in you know right mm, who wants to be like the weirdo one in the corner right
1: right Mm. It's a good, what i've learned a good amount of the times is that's usually self-inflicted
2: yeah
1: a good amount of the times just as being somebody who was a popular kid in high school yeah. i did not pick on anyone mm-hmm. however someone would feel left out because i didn't know you
2: yeah like, it's yeah, not being not... a jerk yeah
1: i don't genuinely know you
2: yeah and it's like you don't i like i'm not gonna make the effort to just like you know get to know you like now that i'm older i'll like say hi like i'll be the one to walk up and like introduce myself Girl, like, I'm but, not uh, no, do
1: that no you're not no you're not what because it's, it's like a job you, you're not barack obama you're not the president of this company you're not you're not the president of the high school that's yeah. what i'm like so when you talk about somebody who's popular yeah that is on a gauging of the audience is yeah. what i'm saying
2: well, when I was you, in high so, school, I wouldn't do that. But, but now you know, what I'm saying, What I'm
1: saying is that you do the same yeah. realm. If, if you get to a high-level job, because I worked at a warehouse at Amazon. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is the most it was one of those environments that's equal to like high school or college. Yeah. Of the level which you can understand where there's 5,000 people in this building at a time. Yeah. Even though I'm working in this section, I seem, quote, unquote, popular <laughs> in your eyes. Yeah. Because you are the one that's demanding. I don't get kudos, and nor do you do that for anything in high school. You don't get better grades or anything like that for being quote-unquote popular. Not at all. It's just the amount of people that you interact with. Yeah. So when, you have a, when you're have, when you in an environment, because, I mean, high schools have the equivalent to about 5,000 kids there. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm using that number. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's a small high school. Yeah. You don't know everybody. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you come in and you say hi to people. I don't care if you say hi to 100 people. What is 100 in the fraction of 5,000?
2: Right. Right. That's not even one percent. Yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm off. Wait. Five thousand is one percent is uh five Mm-hmm. Fifty. Yeah. Fifty is hundred fifty is one percent. What yeah. did you say before
2: that? He said a hundred.
1: So yeah, so I'm sorry. You you're doing two percent yeah. of the entire
2: population. hmm. Yeah.
1: You don't know that means you don't know ninety eight percent of everybody in that goddamn building.
2: Right. You just so if I don't say people.
1: hi to you and I don't sit there and give you the, the, the whatever treatment that you think I give because usually popular people yeah. <laughs> unless they are just full off jerks who's using it as manipulation like on some movie stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is cute, clueless. Most of the people are just naturally nice people like your daughter.
2: Yeah. She's really popular. She's right. super
1: nice. And she just naturally is that person of yeah. who she is. She's lightweight, a jerk, and a little bit of the B word, too. I'm just going to let you know. What? Because I've had interactions with your daughter, too. She? And i am like, not. ugh, girl, you think you something else. What? But that's who she is. <laughs> well, she is not. The, the, tw- the 200 people that she talked to like that shit, though.
2: Yeah, she's like really, really popular. No, but, she's,
1: no she is. She's yeah. sweet and a B word at the same time. She but you got to be, though. Yeah because at the same <laughs> no, time you my, can't just you can't just be walked over
2: yeah no she's not she's she's like me she's not one to be played with right she's not one. To so be you played
1: can't with. be walked so you have to have your own defenses of your yeah. own person
2: mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying yeah
1: so because of you not getting this attention from who you deem is popular yeah it's not on them to get to know you you if you want to be in the circle of getting to know the popular people then give yourself the chance and get to know them
2: yeah because that's how I am. Like, if I feel left out, like, if I feel left out or I'm new, I, I get myself into the popular crowd. That's what I do. You know, you got to do that.
1: There's nothing. Let me tell you something, girl. There's nothing that everybody's in it. No one is into everything. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing that you can. There's no one that's doing everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So everyone's left out of something.
2: Mm-hmm. And right.
1: what y'all fail to realize is even the popular kids get picked on, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one I have yet to hear anybody come from high school and say that I was never picked on. Everybody thought I was just the cutest person and nothing ever happened to me. It was just kind of boring. I've yet to ever hear that. Yeah. Every person I've ever heard, all the name a celebrity.
3: Yeah. Had
1: somebody who picked on their ass. Yeah. Somebody who made fun of them. Mm-hmm. Somebody who said they they teeth, they nose, they eyes, they ears, they they've hair looks yeah. funny or different.
2: Yeah. Because I was popular and I I got talked about. I still get probably talked about now.
1: Right? And, and so even the popular like people, under, that's why I'm saying the popular people understand the dynamics of what quote unquote is popular. Because after a while it becomes how popular are you in your own mind? Yeah. I mean, then, now this other person who's popular, but is he more popular or less popular? Who's the gauge? Because nobody's writing a number down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So now
1: this is all perception.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Just get in where you fit in. That's always my model to everything. Get in where you fit in. That's why I'm never left out.
1: Let me tell you, and that's one of the things I even said with Columbine. Yeah. It was like six of them people. I was like, bro, if you have more than one or two friends, if you have more than two friends, you're popular.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well the fuck
1: are you talking about? Like how big you think your clique should be?
2: Yeah. It's gonna keep your circle small anyway. But I'm like, I think like me, you know how I am. I'm the type even if you don't want to talk to me, you're gonna talk to me and get to know me and then you're gonna love me, right?
1: No, I don't know about all that. Like You are the same girl that I was told about the buy the book niche. I You forget, I met you in corporate world.
3: Oh, yeah. I met you in
1: the banking world. Yeah. Which is really pitch posh and all that high polish and yeah. t- tight tie. So, girl, you was so by-the-book. Girl, you had a group that was a hater group of buy the book nisha. <laughs> That's how I even heard of you. And I just decided, I was like, I'm not going to judge her before. I'm like, I've never met her. And she seems like she's fun and cool. I, you know, So I'm like, I'm, I, I'll give her a chance. But trust me, I had known about you way before. I mean, like weeks before I met you.
2: Oh, my gosh. Told and me people did
1: not like you.
2: I know there was a whole group by the book-ass Nisha. Don't tell by the book-ass Nisha. Oh,
1: man. You was the hater amongst the haters. Like, if Snitches got Stitches, you would be Edward Scissorhands. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like, you have all your body covered in Stitches.
2: Oh, my God. Mm Mm-mm. Well, that's terrible. But now we're best friends, and you love me.
1: I do love (laughs) you, I really do.
2: So there was a psychiatrist who actually examined Louis after his arrest. And he doubted that Hastings would have been able to pull this plan off because of what we said, like you're not going to kill yourself. He was like his inflated sense of self-worth would have prevented him from taking his own life. Uh-huh. So he was diagnosed with a personality disorder because his marriage was failing. His business was failing. He started becoming concerned about his health. So, for a while, he would just sit there and brood in his cabin. And, you know, he was diagnosed also with chronic depression and emotional disorders.
1: Mm-hmm. So, How- he's telling them that they're talking about him, mm-hmm. but they're not talking about him like mm-hmm. they say. How- he's telling himself that they're doing all this. Right. He's, he's hyping himself up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the other thing about the not being popular is you don't take the chance of going out and getting to know people. Yeah. And knowing what they're saying. It's the same thing with my paranoia of the, being on the internet. Being so terrified, yeah. And the first time I post something for my birthday, there was so much love that I was like, you know what, fuck it,
3: yeah. Let's do this.
1: Let's let's, let's start a page
3: mm-hmm.
1: because you don't know how people. You, you're telling yourself that everybody's going to tell you you're crap and you're ugly and you're horrible and you're stupid and you sound silly. Hmm. But they haven't. You haven't given them the chance to say anything yet.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Well, however, the judge rejected his mentally ill defense. And so he was actually sentenced with 634 years in prison. Mm,
3: mm, mm.
2: Now, Chris Richards actually got out of the hospital. And however, he had chronic problems for the rest of his life. He had double vision glaucoma and he had bullet fragments in his skull that the doctor will never be able to pull out. So he actually sued Lewis for $3 million because of this. Because it's a civil suit. So a lot of times when you go to jail, like you have your, you have your regular, you know, he's in jail for 634 years, but then you have a civil suit where the victims can actually come and sue your ass because he shot him. So this was the cause. I know, but
1: he how he gonna pay you saw yeah. where he was living
2: yeah he's never gonna pay that's the whole thing a lot of these civil suits like i don't understand but it's you're never gonna pay but the fact that you got the judgment is kind of like okay you were right you got this judgment but you're never getting your money this man is in prison and he doesn't have three million dollars but i think chris just came and just sued his ass just to sue him you know I so, if
1: he ever gets out of jail after 600 years and makes a dollar, you got to start cashing you out. Got
2: to pay restitution. Yeah. <coughs> it's like a lot of these civil That's suits. called-
1: That sounds like the petty suit.
2: Well, yeah, it's one of those. It's the principle. You know what I mean? It's just the principle. Who are you, big worm? What do you mean? It's just
3: the principle. <laughs> well,
2: it's the principle. Like, you shot this man. It caused him to have all these health problems. So, it's like. Is I that going to he, help with his medical bills? Oh, no, I guess he feels good with that piece of paper in his hands. Like, yes. You have to pay me three million dollars, but you'll never be able to pay it, right?
1: No. I don't what?
2: Know. I I don't know. I just that's what I was thinking. If you owe
1: me money, my joy is getting the money.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But Not this-
1: having the IOU, that's right. just crap right there. But most there.
2: of these suits will The remember. money. Yeah. The money will make me feel good too.
1: The- what do you mean good too? No, the, the money. money really- is what makes me feel good. Yeah. The paper is paper.
2: Yeah. I can't spend the paper.
1: I cannot. Yeah. I can't go to other people and when they tell me, yeah, like your medical bill from him shooting in the back of your head yeah. is $150,000 and I'll show you that paper. Like, oh, well, I sued him.
2: Yeah. And they're
1: like, well, that's nice.
2: But yeah, that's nice. Go ahead and take that paper and put it on your wall. Right,
1: or wherever (laughs) you put it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. Now in 1985, Luis filed an appeal. He requested a new trial because he said the reason he did all this as well is because he was exposed to copper residue, which caused psychosis. He said that this came because he was applying log oils to the the logs that was in his cabin. And so he had been exposed to the copper residue and he had breathed it in, but the judge rejected this appeal and upheld his sentence. And then in 1996, he appealed again and he was denied. So to this day, he's still in an Alaskan prison and he will never get released, ever. he would be like in the 70s or 80s right now.
1: He should have fried. They should have given the death penalty. We'll be wasting our tax dollars again.
2: You know, I don't. I need to ask my friend. I wonder, if they have death penalty in Alaska? I don't think they, they have, have a death it penalty across
1: the world. Well, there's. And some... as I said, they what they should have did was hunted you down and shot you the same way you killed. This is oh. how you should have went out.
3: Yeah.
1: Is five officers should have had you unarmed and just hunted you, especially now that you're older because you did it to the elderly.
2: Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah, definitely because you're old. Now it's definitely fits. Take your old ass out there. Yeah. And we about to shoot you.
2: Right. Right. Well, that's the case for today. I have
1: a mall by bears. Oh. You ever have somebody mauled by bear to death? You think you gonna mm. do that same
2: crime to death? I oh. think
1: they should start giving it to the animals. What you should do is have like lions whooping on some criminals' asses. Uh-huh. Let me tell you that? I wouldn't do the crime after that if I see like a lion. If I see a lion t- or alligator tear a person oh, body apart. Yeah.
2: Oh, my gosh. That is the true death penalty right now. There. I'd be like,
1: I'm like whoa, I'm not doing whatever the hell he just did.
2: Or feed, not feed the lions for, like, a few days and throw you to the lion. That's lions. what I'm
1: saying. Yeah. Like, not feed them for, like, almost a week and then, like, send them in there.
2: Oh, my gosh. And they
1: come running up on that body. Oh,
2: no, no, no. They
1: fighting each other over your body. roar, roar, roar. Mufasa is on your ass.
2: That reminds me of the I, episode we did with One Nothing. Remember when we talked about them dogs that tore that baby apart? That was crazy. By the way, go look at listen to that podcast. That was horrible. That was family. horrible. I, I was, but that's I the kind not, of death.
1: Okay. That's that's want probably that. how no, I feel. I don't want well, it. not
2: to a baby, but I'm fine with a criminal that happening to. But it just was bad because it was a baby that that happened to.
1: Now I'm like, he needs to be sedated. So that's. Just-
2: so, you think so? You just,
1: well, he didn't date the people me. that he shot. Shoot. Well, the hunt down is shooting <laughs> down for. But now the mauling of the animals, that Ooh, was I don't know what that
2: feels like. Well, I don't know. I think your body you're goes- You're alive in-
1: for a lot of it.
2: I thought your body goes into shock and you pass you do, out.
1: You do. You, you If you're lucky. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> if you're lucky, your, your body passes out. But a lot of those animals like aim for the meaty areas. And oh, so, Yeah.
2: You know, so you got to wait to bleed out. Yeah,
1: not not aiming for your neck. They're you know like just biting off hunks of meat on you at the time until Mm -mm. if you're lucky, you feel so much pain Mm. that you just pass out from pain.
2: Oh no! Oh, I'm shivering just thinking about it.
1: Yeah, now now you just took my vote back. (laughs) It was fun.
2: It was. Well, oh, and I forgot to say in the beginning of the episode because so much stuff was going on. This episode was supposed to be a collaboration episode with Total Conundrum, but we are rescheduling that. So we're still going to cross over with them. I'm so excited. They were
1: going to do a guest episode with us?
2: Yeah, they were coming on our show we're going on theirs. It's a whole crossover thing. But, no, but
1: they were going to do this, this this specific episode? No, not this specific guess? episode. Oh, no,
2: man. we have our own stories that they always come with some fire. So they're going to come with some fire. They're going to have a story to tell. So I want to let everybody know that that um, crossover over that collaboration still happening and we're getting that on the calendar to reschedule that like, because that was actually supposed to be today's episode okay. but I forgot to tell everybody like why we're not doing it I completely forgot it slipped my mind he's
1: so. out hunting deer
2: <laughs> yeah well next week we are actually going to be talking about Marilyn Moreau I'm so One excited. One of my
1: faves. Yeah, I'm not love like Marilyn's a babe. She oh, is hot. She brought. She actually brought thick women in. Yeah, she's
2: beautiful. She was the first
1: like woman, like a celebrity, that was like I think over a size twelve. Yeah, she thick in. Yeah, she
2: was thick. You
1: know what I'm saying? Like, even yeah. though know Betty Boop was black, that was the white Betty. That was the real, that was Betty Boop in real life. On like what everybody wished they had that catty. Oh. Yeah. sexually uh, assertive and kind of comfortable woman. You mm-hmm. I'm like I'm gonna give it to her. I, like she had two guys, but she was living her life doing what she did.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. And the reason, if you guys are asking why we're doing Marilyn Monroe on a true crime podcast, is because there's a lot of conspiracies about her death. You don't think she really overdosed? Overdosed on something?
1: No, so. I think it's, it's like an extra hole over her butt cheek, a uh, uh, butt hole. Huh? They, like, like, from what I heard, they well, injected like heroin. Oh, in oh her, but...
2: well, don't talk about it too much. We got to talk about it next week. Look, now who's spoiling episodes? I'm not spoiling jack crap. You,
1: the <laughs> person who sit here and talk about the crime that you believe that are, un, are un, unheard of. I'm just telling you what I thought I heard as an average person.
2: Oh, anyways, and
1: that and a love for the beautiful woman.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's so beautiful. So yeah, join us next week where we talk about Marilyn Monroe.
1: Party B. Oh, about that. oh, right. yeah! Right. If Marilyn was popping it, oh. you watch it.
2: Yeah, definitely well and in the meantime follow us please on instagram hot garbage show follow us on facebook hot garbage true crime edition send us an email hot garbage news at gmail.com and you can also follow our tiktok author nisha and very shortly we'll be putting out a patreon and youtube are you almost excited for that buddha
1: girl i've been sitting trying to sit here and get my weight going on for the right thing so i can get my sexy on oh yes but i'm gonna just jump on it anyway i'm not sexy as i want to be but we're gonna be what we need to be oh
2: the women love you anyway you might see buddha six-pack on here
1: (laughs) (laughs) or the transition too. yeah like travel with me to it i think i'm gonna start sponsoring uh branching out and doing something like that like the lost weight uh motivation and my cooking show
2: oh good idea well in the meantime take care watch your back out there